send Sakurai to his house <laughs> with a Nintendo themed bat. Show him some things. Break all his stuff. <laughs> just, just <laughs> he, he cracks him upside the skull with his bat, and it makes the it makes the home run sound. For oh god! <laughs> <laughs> and then he's just laying there. Hey there, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Super Agile Bros. You know who this is. This is your boy, Bradston. Um, you know, we got our two host guests permanent all the time. We got Steve and Kyle in the building. Kyle, tell the people, say what's up, what's up? What's up, what's up, y'all? Hey, hey. And, uh, you know, same Steve. Tell the people hello. Hi, I'm Steve. Hey, it's Steve. We all know Steve. He's awesome. So, um, so let's just get into it, man. It's going to be a cool episode. You know, we've been uh, just talking about a, lot of, about a lot of different topics in all the different episodes. And I don't know, I've been liking the top list kind of thing, like the top five kind of vibe. It's been fun, like discussion and just hearing what the other guys have to say. So today I uh, threw it out at the guys. They agreed. We're going to do it. We're going to do a top five uh, our top five favorite personal favorite single player games so um that you you guys ready right you guys ready right y'all ready i am ready let's do it okay cool cool cool. well i mean i guess we might as well get started i mean we're gonna do it just like we did like our anime list we're gonna start from five so this is an ordered list by the way of course the guys can order however they want but five to one um one being probably the best, but uh, we're gonna start for five. We're gonna go to one. We're all gonna go around. Uh, it'll start with me, go to Steve, and then we'll go to Kyle, and then hey hey, we'll go from there. So uh, so I'm gonna start with my number five. Um, oh, and when you say your number, like don't just say the game, but also say like what system because you know it might be on multiple systems. So mm. that's fair. Yeah, just just in case there's like. Some games are extra trash on other systems. <laughs> yes. So you never know. <laughs> so uh, so my number five is Dead Rising. Have y'all played uh, Dead Rising? Oh, Dead Rising on the Xbox 360. I guess there's no other version. No, I uh, have not played Dead Rising. Okay. No. Are y'all, are, is that y'all a zombie from... game? Yes. How, how, could, how did you guess? <laughs> you know, I think I just have a knack for these things. Man, okay. nothing gets okay. by you. Okay, Dead Rising. So, I mean, the premise, basically, like, Dead Rising is like, okay, so first of all, it's made by Capcom, okay? Um, and it is the, okay, so there's so much to say about it. So, it's like a, it's a serious, a game that doesn't take itself too serious, but it's like serious, like, it's very Japanese. Like, mm. there's all these, like, really weird and quirky characters. And, like, it kind of has these, like, unnecessarily deep, like, concepts <laughs> at times. Like, Dead but it, is, is that the yeah. one where the guy's in the mall? Yes. Yes. 100%. Oh, where you can, like, yeah. kill people with, you know, mm-hmm. a unicorn bat or... A shopping a make, cart or a flame or a Mega or Man shooting foam arm or something really? like that. Yeah, yeah. At some point you get well, it's like really well, it's garbage. Capcom, so. Yeah, like you get a little Mega Man arm that you can put on if you go to this movie theater. It's really garbage. It doesn't really do anything, but it's it's kind of fun. It's like a little foam shooter. <laughs> um, yeah, but like 
it's a very grim and serious game where people get murdered, you know, like, and they're like dead, dead. But it's also like a game, like Steve was saying, like you hit people with shopping carts and like you get a samurai sword and then you can like in the future uh, editions of it, like you can like build weapons. But like in particular, oh. this one, oh, I yeah, like the crafting the crafting. And the reason I like this one, like why I put Dead Rising, the original on my list is number one, it's I've don't finish most games mm. like once I get like what I want out of a game, <laughs> like I'm like, give me what I want. I'm done with you. You know, like, but this game, like, I've played through maybe four times, maybe even five times. Um, and I don't know. There's just something that just keeps drawing me back to it. I haven't played in a while because I haven't played my 360 in a long time. But, like, honestly, like, I've had so much fun, like, just running around. There's so many secrets. Like, uh, it's, it's a lot of people hate it because it's, like, a time-based mm. game. Like, are y'all familiar with the mechanic on how it works? Yeah, at all. you have Time? a certain amount of days or something, right? Until like yeah. Pikmin? Kind, yeah, kind of. Like, like, so you basically have, like, a time limit on when, like, you're going to get rescued, like, from the mall. So you know when it's going to happen. And also, there's timed events. So say, like, and, and you're, like, working with this, like, guy who's monitoring all the security cams in the, the mall. And he'll be like, hey, I just saw a person over near the the bathrooms on the east side of the mall, it looks like they're in trouble, right? And then you get a timer that shows you how long you have until you can save that person. So there's like, and, and this isn't like one event at a time, there'll be like five, six, seven different like things oh, happening at the same time. Mm. Yeah, it's super stressful. And then that also includes major story events. And what's killer about the game is if you miss a major story event, like don't accomplish a task in the time that's allotted the main story is done like it's just you have to play the rest of the game all the way to the end where you get rescued but you can't get the final like like the good ending uh, the good ending yeah like there is this like no ending like the game basically ends from a story perspective so the first time I played the game, I missed the story because I just couldn't do it. But the really, really cool thing is that you get uh, Game Plus. So, oh, New Game Plus. New Game Plus. So, like, when you beat it, all the stats, all the things. Oh, also, there's an RPG system in it. <laughs> like, like, you can level up your arms, your legs, your punches, your throws, <laughs> your, like... Your speed. You can level up your arms individually. Like, <laughs> like you know, like it's it has all these like RPG elements, and then you get new uh, like combos, new throws, new so goofy. Like, it's super goofy. Like it's super over the top. The characters like are like basically like the enemies in the game are in in basically insane people. Like you fight mm. like this one chef who went crazy and it's like now we have to survive by eating humans and you have to fight him and he throws like pans and knives and stuff at you um and also the boss fights are super brutal like it's all about stun locking you <laughs> you know and so a lot of the game is like learning how to gimp enemies so you can <laughs> beat them and, and it's like it's like you think to yourself, like, this is a bad gameplay mechanic, but it's kind of fun because it becomes like a puzzle. Like, how do I gimp these prisoners who are driving a, a Jeep through the middle of the mall and have a Gatling gun on the back? Because if I if I try to fight them straight up, they just murder me instantly, mm -hmm. you know? 
and it's just a lot of like it's just really, really fun. It's really like high paced because you always got to be moving. You start to optimize your path through the mall. You start to learn like, okay, this is when these particular hordes are here. This is where I can find, oh yeah, and the weapons, as much as people hate weapon durability, this game is all about weapon durability. All I can say is it's like, there's so many mechanics in this game. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just really love it. I think they do a really good job. Uh, and it's just really, really fun to play. Like, and it's great to watch. It's fun to watch because every time somebody plays, it's a completely different experience, you know? Like, what weapons mm. you have, what scenario you're in, what time of day, what zombie might be in this area. Like, and they're slow zombies. So, and you can run through crowds of zombies. You can run on their heads. Like, this is all kind of goofy stuff. The like, zombie it's... fighting is, like, reminiscent of Dynasty Warriors. Because you're yeah. like one guy in hordes of, and surrounded by all the really weak enemy, like. Yeah, yeah. Because you can swing around like benches and stuff from the mall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's just it's just over the top, and and I love that they just went over the top, and then oh, and if you kill certain bosses, you get special weapons that are also have durability, but they're like. Once you kill them, you can go back to where you killed them and get that weapon again later. Oh, that's cool. Like it respawns. So like there's a clown that's riding a roller coaster who has double chainsaws. First of all, he's super hard to fight. Um, and then you can get those. Oh, and then the, the, the story of like the little families and the people that you save in the mall are so good. And sometimes like really, really like brutal, like the decisions yeah. that people are making. It, it's great. It's great. Um, when did you play this game? uh i played dead rising man what what year is it 2021 <laughs> so i think i was in college in my second semester because i had this small okay. tv and i didn't have an hd tv so i couldn't read funny thing about xbox 360 on a like crt like oh, you can't yeah. read the text it's no. impossible so i didn't know what was happening half the time like i didn't know what my <laughs> missions were <laughs> because i couldn't read the text so it had to be 2007 or 2008 yeah it was it was awesome so yeah i mean that's my number five i would probably nice. move it up higher up the list but i don't know like i i, I debated where i wanted it to be but it definitely had to be in my top five especially how many times i've played it so yeah that's my, my number five uh so what about you mr steve what's your number five well, I'll open by saying that, again, I don't believe in favorites. So I ordered my <laughs> list in terms of uh, what I understand is like the hype for each game. So that as my list goes on, people will get more hype and they'll love me more. Mm, <laughs> uh, yeah. I also considered the people, the people <laughs> listening, the people who His hang on my fans. every word. And they want to know what games I play and if I have a good taste in games. It's people pleasing. Yeah, yeah continue. Yeah, I also considered ordering it by replayability, but that's not cool. Um, cool, yeah. So my number five is Metroid Prime 2, initially really? on the GameCube, and then I also played it on the Wii. So Echoes. Uh, so Echoes. Yes, Prime 2 Echo. It's called Echoes, correct. That's the wow. the, the tagline. So this was, I, I kind of hate to say it, but I'm also somewhat proud. This was my first Metroid game. Wow. Uh, the second game in the Prime series was my first of any Metroid be, you game. Sh you should be ashamed. You yeah. Should be. <laughs> I mean, it was my first Metroid game after Super Smash Bros. Melee. <laughs> <laughs> <Counts>. <laughs> right. 
I mean, that's probably um, the truth for most people, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, me- Melee, but then 64 actually was my first time with Samus. Okay. I remember doing the, uh, the either 64 or Melee had that, the, the story mode. It was probably Melee, actually. Had the story mode, and then you, like, you're climbing all the platforms and stuff mm-hmm. at the end to escape uh, Zebus, mm-hmm. Zebes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then as I play Metroid games, I'm like, oh my god, it's it's just like Super Smash Bros. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> and they ripped it from Super Smash Bros. They copied, <laughs> yeah. they copied uh, Mr. Sakurai. Anyway, uh, Metroid Prime 2 colon Echoes. Uh, first of all, had no I had no idea. I've never played I had never played any like exploration game quite like this before. So I went into it with no knowledge. And the very first thing I see is this like dark like title screen with mm. like these shifting shapes in the shadows and this super eerie music with like the chanting and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> this game like, is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> no, I was excited. It was so cool. Okay. And as you play, you know, they had the 3D graphics and the this was on the GameCube at first, so it had really bad controls to be honest. But I got used to it pretty quick because I was a child. Um, <laughs> you have the tolerance for such things. Oh, but yeah. I feel like, it's... but I feel like when you're a child, like you owned the GameCube, right? And you had played yeah. games before that, so you probably were like, "Yeah, this is not that bad." Like, but now it's super horrible. Like, well, I didn't yeah. play a lot of shooters. Um, mm. What did I end up playing? Did... <sighs> like, there was a time where we accepted tank controls. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, Metro- if you've played Metroid Prime, you know that the controls are especially wonky because <laughs> they did not use the C-stick for camera like every other 3D mm-hmm. on the GameCube, 3D <laughs> game on the GameCube does. Uh, they used it for selecting weapons, and then there was no like other stick. It was just the one stick. Um, Which is and super I, even as a child, I remember hating the platforming sections. I liked grapple, <laughs> grappling around, but I really hated jumping from platform to platform because i'd always fall yeah first person platforming is never yeah especially under duress you're being shot at by a boss (laughs) or a bunch of paratrooper arrow troopers or something anyway so this game had so much cool stuff it had it started with like zombie soldiers you know you, you find a bunch of like dead military guys and then they suddenly reanimate start shooting at you and then you meet the space pirates and the metroids and you know god forbid you forget dark aether and the ing and all these like Mm -hmm. really cool looking enemies which in retrospect most of them were just blobs the ing were very cool they had like five legs which i rarely see on a on a fictional monster um and and again i love metroidvanias i love the sense of exploration and the sense of like owning a world and like learning every little nook and cranny and having a goal that's like across the planet and trying to figure out in your head like all right what's the fastest way to get there mm-hmm. and zooming around and just kicking every monster's butt between here and there and i had never done that before and metroid prime 2 colon echoes introduced that to me um i also really loved and as an adult now i'm disappointed by it but i really loved the idea of dark aether and how there was like you know, this dark, mirrored, twisted version of the map that, you know, you had to go back and forth between to like, because sometimes there'd be a, an impediment in the light world and you had to go through the dark world to get to it or to get around it. Uh, and, you know, 
in retrospect, as an adult, it was pretty simplistic. There wasn't a lot of, like, really involved puzzling, but as a kid, I thought it was so cool. And it was so creepy, and the atmosphere was just excellent. So, I loved it. Then I went back and played the first Prime game, then the third. Then I played them all on the Wii with the Wiimote gyro aiming, which was so good. Hmm. So good. Better. (laughs) Way better. Yeah, I'll say that. It was better. (laughs) It's funny because to me, I think I've told you this before, Steve, like Echoes is like that game that, like this is before a lot of games gave you mission logs and stuff like that. Mm. And uh, I played Echoes like pretty religiously for a long time and um i was really enjoying it but as every metroid game has backtracking is a huge thing right like oh yeah and and similar you know dead rising has a lot of backtracking and as you were talking about steve like optimizing your path and how you go and approach can be fun uh but i stopped playing metroid echoes because when i came back to the game after like taking a month off from it Mm. i had no idea what i was supposed to be doing and I played maybe five hours just running around two different worlds, dark world and light world, trying to figure out what was my next objective. Mm-hmm. And and then I just I just threw in the towel. Like that stinks. That's fair. I love that kind of thing. It also helps that I've played the game so many times that I know like even if I don't know where something is, I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I kinda know what I'm supposed to do to like suss out my next goal. So mm-hmm. It helps to have experience. That's not a game for an inexperienced uh, Metroidvania gaming. This man's trying to take shots at me? No, sir. I'm an experienced (laughs) Metroidvania guy. Like, I had played Super Metroid and Prime before I played No, I mean, experienced in this specific game, not (laughs) in the genre. Yeah, it was was just literally I had no clue what I was supposed to do. And I just, like, you know. But no, okay, good, 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 uh, good on you, sir. Cool. Uh, Mr. Kyle, what's your number five? So <clears throat> my number five is uh, probably like, a I guess it's it's single player, but maybe not a traditional single player in the sense. So <clears throat> my number five is Zoo Tycoon on the computer. Zoo Tycoon. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, you couldn't play with people. So but it was something no, that no. I remember spending a whole lot of time on as a kid. And I even tried one uh, on the 360 a couple years ago. And it was horrible. But <laughs> it, it, it checked a lot of those nostalgia buttons. And I, I appreciated the innovation of like having a first person's perspective where you can walk around in your zoo. That stuff was cool and stuff that I wanted mm. in the, the PC version. But it, having it, 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 it made it was one of those things where it's like never meet your heroes. So I, I, I couldn't appreciate <laughs> it as much because totally it wasn't as cool as I thought it'd be. Yeah. But I think it's just because the graphics were really bad. But. Uh, it was it was rough, but anyway, uh, you know that was always fun building out the little zoos and you know getting to the point where you can have like dinosaurs and other creatures and then letting them loose. You know, it was a good time. Excuse me, letting letting them loose? Hmm? No, I said feeding them. Uh, <laughs> this man basically made Fresh Jurassic meat. Park. He was like, let people slowly <laughs> come in, and then I'm the one. <laughs> Let there be no survivors. No survivors. So, like, so for Zoo Tycoon, like, was it that you liked the progression? Like, the seeing your, like, your zoo grow? Like, was it the gameplay? Like, just purely the mechanics? Like, what was the... 
I think it was all those things. I'm really big into like sandbox and, you know, uh, simulation games. And so, you know, starting off with a blank canvas and giving it like being given a bunch of tools is always really cool to me. And so I guess, yeah, so the idea of seeing that progression and then being, you know, directly responsible for the ups and downs. You know, I'm not a fan of economics or anything. So trying to balance the books and then being, you know, four million dollars in the red all of a sudden because people stop coming to the park or somebody gets injured or something. That part wasn't that fun. But, you know, finding the uh, the code where you can hold control and press the number four, which is the dollar sign and then get infinite money. Oh, that was it kind of solved that problem I had. (laughs) So but yeah, really just being being able to build stuff was really cool. Oh, and there were little nice. missions, but you know. You said the what, missions. What, what are your thoughts on Roller Coaster Tycoon? Mm, also very good. And the ones that allow you to like have little exhibits and stuff were especially my favorite because you know you could put like the the orcas in there, and then the part of the roller coaster, I guess, side of it, the amusement park was that you could do like the little shows. And so, uh, Julie, my, my wife, really likes Roller Coaster Tycoon um, too. Yeah, actually. But you thought it was better. You thought it was worse than Zoo Tycoon. Yes, Zoo Tycoon definitely takes the number one spot. Hmm. But I, I yeah, enjoyed Roller Coaster Tycoon. I, I don't know if it was Roller Coaster Tycoon, but I played another game that was like amusement park, like mm. or something. Yeah, they have just some copycats like out there. Theme park or something. It was literally just, but it was so fun. But the thing was, you could never keep your guests happy no, no matter what you gave them no matter if you it's like oh we need more bathrooms okay i'll make more bathrooms oh it stinks in here okay i'll get more janitors <laughs> oh there's not enough food okay i'll make more food oh there's too much trash around i'll get more janitors oh there's not enough bathroom <laughs> you know like insatiable oh, these rides are not fun enough oh <laughs> oh these rides are too fun like too scary <laughs> yeah <laughs> too, too fun, fun. <laughs> like really it really felt like that and i was like this is why I don't like people, probably, because of these games. I'm enjoying myself way too much. This is too fun, too exhilarating. Like, yeah, I, I, I did. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Steve. I was just gonna. I I think I had SimCity on the PC as a kid, and I could not get into it. I think I disappointed my parents. Oop. I uh, <laughs> I just didn't understand what was fun about it, and then having to balance the books, like you said, was also really annoying and stressful. Yeah, I feel like I feel like SimCity is the like the tycoon games are kind of like make that experience more fun. Like the city games are mm-hmm. a lot more like bookkeeping, a lot more thinking about zoning and like yeah. it was it was a little bit more. I I I have, I have mixed feelings about SimCity games in general, but yeah, I I can feel you on that. The city builders to wanted... me felt less forgiving. Yes. Yeah, I just wanted to make tornadoes and like alien attacks. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was those were awesome. The problem was I really enjoyed the game on in like I'm playing serious in SimCity and things are going well, and then a tornado happens like th- mm, that I don't yeah. want, and yeah. then I'm just like, you know what? Like I shouldn't even try it. <laughs> like <laughs> I give up. That's, I'm done. No, but that's a good that's a good choice. I, mean, I forgot all about those tycoon games. Played so many of them. Um, so forgettable. So forgettable. Disrespect. <laughs> Disrespect. I appreciate that, Cal. All right. So my number four, uh, actually, Steve, my number four is a Metroid game. Ooh, no uh, kidding. M- my number four is Super Metroid for the 
Super Nintendo. Um, and I actually didn't play Super Metroid until a little bit later in life. I, I'm pretty sure I played it before Prime, but like after 3D games were around, after I've had an N64 and stuff like that, um, I'm pretty sure I emulated it. Don't sue me, Nintendo. Um, and I was a kid, so I, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. But man, sure. I didn't realize how good a game could be. Like right. a game could be so tight, so well mm-hmm. balanced, so the level design, the atmosphere, the game, like everything about the game. Like to me, in many ways, Super Metroid was like the perfect game. Mm. Like it really felt like a culmination of all of game design, all of gameplay programming, everything in one like piece at the time. Like I really felt like how could how could any Super Nintendo game be better than this? <laughs> you know? Um but yeah for me the reason I, I made it my number four is just because like one is because I like really enjoyed the experience. I already knew a lot about Super uh Metroid prior to playing it. But, like, it really surprised me, which I didn't think was possible for, like, a older game. Um, and it really challenged me as a game player. And I really felt somehow immersed, you know what I'm saying? Like, in this 2D game. And I have, like, all my N64 games. I probably even had a GameCube by that point. Like, I felt like that. When I remember thinking, like, at school and stuff, like, I want to go and play this game. You know, like, <laughs> it's it's... You know, I don't atmospheric. Remember. Yeah, so atmospheric. Like, like I, I can't even remember when I played it, but I just remember it. It's left an imprint on me. Like, if I ever, as a game developer, want to make a game, I need to look at Super Metroid first. Like, I need to start mm-hmm. there, because this is what perfection looks like. So, I don't know. That that Super Metroid is just, you know, like I feel like I've played other games more. And I've played other games longer and more frequently and replayed them. I've only played through Super Metroid, I think, twice. But uh, I just feel like it deserves more accolades than it even <laughs> it received, you know. You know, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have played it, but. I have played it. I haven't finished it, though. I've been playing it on the Switch. And I just got distracted. Yeah, are you, oh, that's are you playing cool. it? I didn't it's are, over there. are you using a, oh. like, joystick and stuff or are you using D-pad? Uh, I'm pretty sure I use the D-pad. I mean, I'm playing with the Pro controller, but I'm which just doesn't have a fantastic D-pad. But yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure I use. I usually use the D-pad for those games. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they make those. Uh, what is it? The wireless NES controllers. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. I could buy an 8-bit though controller. Yeah. I think it's like it's really like I think it's at its best when you play it like on a kind of older kind of controller. It just feels better. Like, first of all, I hate the Switch D-pad with all my soul. They're so bad. Heart. They're so bad. But I've heard there's, there's a way to fix it, but I do not recall how or when. Hack or a Xbox 360 controller? I think no, no, then. no. It's like like a piece of tape under the D-pad and like makes it ten oh, times better. Or the fact that you even have to do like <laughs> they oh, could have put it's... the piece of tape there. <laughs> They were like, man, they'll figure it out. Like, the fact that you have to do that with, like, your... Yeah, like, now you got to put cardboard to stop it from drifting. Right. Yeah, that's just so the, the costs that they cut. <laughs> it's, but we'll still play the games, man. They're good. Man. Oh, man. Yeah. They're still really good games. Consider this. I played Celeste almost exclusively with the D-pad. On before Switch. Before I realized 
how bad the deep bat was. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought I was bad. That's a testament to Celeste. Mm. It's just that good. It doesn't matter what's impeding your path. <laughs> you're gonna, you will overcome you know. it. <laughs> but that brings up a good point, you know, like you, how current hardware is supposed to be superior. But like back then, they were making those games with the hardware in mind. So mm-hmm. it's a reason, like it's an internal reason why those controllers feel so good for those yeah. old games. Yeah, I think there's something yeah, it sucks. analog about it. Yeah, what are you saying, Steve? It sucks because Nintendo is like pioneered a lot of this technology and now they're just getting blown away by, I don't know. <laughs> not even, yeah. not even, not even competition. Just their own man, lack this of D-pad sucks. Can you please fix it? Yeah, yeah. I think they lost some lawsuit or something that messed them up with the D pads. I kind of re- recall. Oh, some, really? Yeah, I recall some something about the controllers and a patent and something like maybe maybe from way back in the eighties or something. Like, yeah, Dang. that's why they can't have the cross. The standard cross anymore oh yeah i gotta look into that but i recall what? seeing something yeah, yeah. that's like wild. there's there's all patent you know it's all patented right like that's why mm-hmm. each controller looks different but which is good and bad but it's like eh. they they really got the the worst end of the stick so <laughs> steve what's your number <laughs> four we're about to trash nintendo switch controller for like 12 hours but um yeah, what's your number All four? All right, so my number four was Half-Life 2 on mm. the Xbox 360. I This might be cheating, but I'm also going to include Half-Life 2 Episode 1 and Half-Life 2 Episode 2 as part of that. Okay. Um, if you're not willing to accept that, that's fine. I think Half-Life 2 itself will stand up. But, uh, yeah, it's an episode. Hey, sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh man! So I got the I got these games as part of the orange box, and uh, quick shout out as well for Portal. Portal is just incredible, and Portal mm-hmm. Two is, mm-hmm. if anything, somehow even better. But uh, Half Life Two, again, was my first Half Life game. <laughs> I've never, I actually have not yet played the first Half Life game. Uh, I did buy Black Mesa. I'm probably never going to play the original Half Life. I'll I'll just play Half Black Mesa and. Uh, experience the story and the gameplay that way but uh yeah half-life 2 was my first introduction to the series and i fell in love with the gravity gun and i remember being really impressed at the time with like the graphics especially with the character models um i thought the level design was super cool they did i think valve is almost unmatched when it comes to like smooth tutorials so mm-hmm, like for example mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they give you the gravity gun which if you're not aware uh it's a weapon where one trigger has like a tractor beam effect and so you point it at any object and most of the objects that aren't like literally nailed down in this game are fully physical objects that you can interact with and pick up and drop and stuff but the gravity gun can pull them towards you and they'll hang in front of you and, you know, you can pull a barrel and towards in front of you and block bullets. Um, it's just basically any non-living object you can, you can animate like this. And then the other trigger is a kick button. So uh, you can kick an object that you've grabbed and essentially use a toilet as a lethal projectile. <laughs> so uh, they use it for a few puzzles here and there. But really, it's about just being able to use anything in your uh, 
in your vicinity as a weapon or as like a an impromptu shield or something. It's pretty cool. There's no shortage of like guns and ammo and stuff. There's not really a reason that you need to use it, but it was a really neat uh, option that we had. So you pick up this gravity gun a couple levels in, like you don't even start with it, but um, you get that you get you get to this like rebel base, you know, and they're hiding from the alien government, and they give you this gravity gun, and then there's a tutorial level that you don't even understand as a tutorial, where you're playing fetch with this giant robot dog, and you're doing it with a gravity gun. So you pick up this ball. Because it, tra- it, r- it runs away from you, so you have to, like, you know, tractor beam the ball, and then you launch it across this huge field, and the dog runs and gets it and brings it back. And then you have to, like, try to get... Oh, there's an achievement for trying to get it into a basketball goal. <laughs> um, of course, I have that achievement. <laughs> but, yeah, just, like, I didn't even understand what a tutorial level was, really, right? Because I just... Or, let me rephrase that. I knew what a tutorial level was, but I didn't comprehend that I was being tutorialed at that moment because literally just play fetch with a dog a couple times and then like you know aliens attack and you <coughs> attack and you have to flee or something uh and the next level after that ravenholm uh mm. they encourage you again it's almost a tutorial they encourage you to use the gravity gun almost exclusively so you can get by there's an achievement for doing this too you can get by with just grenades and your crowbar and the gravity gun because there's tons of like giant buzzsaw blades and uh gas canisters and stuff that you can throw at all these enemies coming towards you and so yeah you can i just i played through it at one point and there was just a collection of like eight blades i just kept launching into a wall (laughs) like stay there for a minute and i would pick one up and (laughs) blast it through three zombies that were coming towards me and they would just get cut in half and it was great i love that game (laughs) i love the lore um can't wait for half-life 3 <laughs> you, mm. you you can't wait hmm. cannot wait i'm holding my breath uh in the meantime i will eventually buy a, a valve index or some other vr and i'll buy half-life alex and i'll play that they I mean, that one was very good they, they're gonna release half-life 3 right before the star our star explodes the sun <laughs> like yeah implodes on itself like that's like the uh, <laughs> valve is like the the musicians on the sinking Titanic. Like as the Earth is beginning to crack and explode, they're like, "All right, here's Half Life 3. <laughs> so you can never play. It's like Kyle said. Like <laughs> he he wanted first person, but like he didn't want first person. It's like <laughs> you don't know till you get it, and you're like, "Wait, <laughs> this is terrible." It's like you don't want it. No, nah, that's a, that's a, a really good choice. Awesome, awesome, Mr. Kyle. Number four, what you got? Cool. I gotta play the Half Life games too. Um, Return of the Freeman, I heard, is a, a very great game that you want to play. Um, <laughs> what? Or hunt, hunt down the Freeman. That's what it was. No, there was a there was like a trash spinoff game that was just. I was gonna say, up. what is this game? I, I've never heard of this. this you should a, look it up. <laughs> you should look Return it up. Of the Freeman. Hunt this the is Freeman. why Valve is so great because if you want to make a fan game, Valve is of of like a Half Life franchise mm-hmm. or IP. They're like, cool, we'll put it on the store and you can sell it. Or wow. or not sell it because or, yeah. <laughs> of what they made. Unfortunately, that also means that they get behind trash fan makers. <laughs> and then Nintendo will sue you <laughs> for your grandma. Like, give me your grandma. <laughs> give me. Grandma. She ever thought about this? It's mine. 
Uh, Did you hear about the guy who ran that ROM site that got yeah. taken down? Oh, yeah. Uh, he missed a few payments. He missed his $50 monthly payment or whatever to Nintendo because of the court order, uh, which I'm like, okay, guy, whatever. <laughs> but apparently he was talking a big game. He's like, yeah, I might put the site back up or something. So Nintendo got an injunction against him. So he's he has to destroy all of his personal, every every illegal thing he owns related to Nintendo. So he's not even allowed to play his own ROMs anymore. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I mean, I guess in many ways I'm like, that's kind of fair. Like, you shouldn't even have this stuff, like, right? Like, like, I think it's kind of fair if you lose a sort uh, a suit, if you know you get sued by Nintendo and you're talking a big game, mm-hmm. like I'm going to ignore the suit. What happened? Of course they're going to come after you and they're going to make an example of you. Yeah, like, what yeah. are you thinking? Oh, it was already a privilege to let him keep the stuff, exactly, right. and not destroy his life completely, but. He, he trying to play the if that's the game he want to play with Nintendo. Okay, that's I what mean, you want to do. I I I got you. <laughs> they were ready to play Super Metroid on our Nintendo online service. No. Send Sakurai to his house <laughs> with the Nintendo theme bat. Show him some things. Break all his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> he, he cracks him upside the skull with his bat, and it makes the it makes the home run sound. From oh Smash gosh. <laughs> And then he's just laying there, and he just has to watch him destroying all of his computers, and just <laughs> that's pretty gangster. Uh, oh no man! But I'm he's, he's using two controllers the whole time. <laughs> two times. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing them as shoes. Okay, so my number three, <clears throat> four, um, four, four, four. My number four. Sorry, my numbers are messed up. My number four. four is uh this was kind of hard to choose but um i'll choose the first one that i experienced and it's like steve it's a sequel uh kingdom hearts number two wait mm. kingdom hearts dream drop <laughs> <laughs> half, a, half a mile underwater <laughs> <laughs> deep dive experience x2 which one kingdom hearts chain of spinoffs <laughs> truck simulator <laughs> yeah <laughs> zoo tycoon um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kingdom Hearts. Bro, 2. I also played Kingdom Hearts two before I played Kingdom Hearts. What is wrong with me? I played a lot of sequels first. Well, yes. in your defense, I think Kingdom Hearts two was really the one that kind of set off the series because the first yeah. one was very clunky. Like it had all the cool ideas, but it just it, it wasn't quite there as a game. Um, <laughs> and 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 now that we see you know the third game and that the story doesn't matter the game the first game just doesn't matter anymore either wait wait so, so, so you played kingdom hearts 2 first kyle as well i did um yeah okay okay so i was just gonna say like i haven't played any of the king oops i haven't played any of the kingdom hearts games mm-hmm. but i feel like kingdom hearts 1 is one of those like it's good when you played it in the time if you didn't play the mm. second one like right like it's yeah like it's uh so anywho kingdom hearts 2 is here yeah so what i've heard is that you know they've remastered both of them uh kingdom hearts one and two and i've heard that kingdom hearts one now plays more similarly to kingdom hearts two so if you ever did want to play the first one i'd suggest playing the remaster i haven't played it myself so i don't know how true that is but that's typically what happens i can say that about the halo remaster is that you know that it played a lot better than the original halo the original okay yeah um but anyway, so if you're not familiar with Kingdom Hearts, you know, it's the 
perfect, you know, fantasy of all of your pretty anime boys standing next to Mickey Mouse and Donald and friends and swinging giant swords and, uh, you know, having a lot of a lot of just nonsense happen. You know, it's a great time. (laughs) Yeah. There's Hercules in there and Tarzan in the second one, at least. Yeah, Simba's in there. Jack Skellington. Mm hmm. And so this was the one where they also introduced like uh, the different costumes for Sora and the gang. Yeah. And so like when you yeah, so when you'd go to the different worlds, you'd look different and and depending on I guess if you like if the Little Mermaid's level you were um no, not a that. Merboy. You were a merboy, but you played pretty much the same. I guess the the Lion King one where you were a, a lion was probably the oh, most yeah. different. Like your whole move set was different. It was it was pretty great. Oh, so and it's kind of like Balin too. Wonderworld. Mm. Except better in every way. <laughs> I I say except, about on except, par. You know, Balin is great. Except not at all really because <laughs> Balin was all about you don't you don't like change costumes. Like it's just that when you go to another world you look different oh you're right so, and, yeah. and in the case of the lion king the pride rock you just happen to also be able to swipe people with your claws so to your point yeah balan is superior to kingdom hearts i agree mm. yeah and i took that personally <laughs> <laughs> but i do suggest playing all of the kingdom hearts if you have about 300 hours to devote and mm. spend time away from your family um, yeah yeah which kingdom hearts 3 has baymax which was really fun it's really hard for me to tell somebody to play Kingdom Hearts 3. It is. I, I can see that. But it's hard for me not to as well. It's like the third game, you know? Like, <laughs> and it has Baymax. It has Baymax. That's the, that's oh, the yeah. selling point for me is Big Hero 6 World was a lot of fun. You know, I got to teach you guys the art of just when something is garbage, just destroying it in your heart. Just be like, no. like, I, like, oh, it is like, it is destroyed in my heart, but I feel like <laughs> it's I feel like people, you know, would would enjoy the game. That's what I'm saying, is even though I it's destroyed in my heart, <laughs> it might be worth the first experience for someone else. Like it's preserve. got a lot of redeeming qualities, I think is the hardest thing about Kingdom Hearts, is that you know, because there's so much wrong with the series as a whole. But it the game it's the games themselves have so many redeeming qualities. So I have one terrible, terrible story about Kingdom Hearts in a sense that I didn't have a, a PlayStation when Kingdom Hearts was around. I didn't have PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 2 or any mm-hmm. 3 or 3. So Or 4. Well, I did have a 4. Um, but uh, so like everybody, like first of all, Kingdom Hearts original commercial literally almost made me feel like I was going to cry when I was a little kid. I didn't even know what was happening. <laughs> when you walk away, yeah. I can still... That's a bop, dude. Oh, my goodness. I can, I can still remember the first time I saw that junk in my living room. I was like, what is this? I need it now. <laughs> PlayStation, no! <laughs> like, like, just ruining my life. But uh, So I didn't have a PlayStation, and I missed uh, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, but I, I had a, a Game Boy Advanced. And uh. I didn't end up buying the game. <clears throat> I emulated it. But I've got the Kingdom Hearts game uh, because I was like, oh, I want to play Kingdom Hearts. I, you know, I know there's a whole bunch of story in it. So oh, when, when I finally get a PlayStation, dog, I, I did not realize 
that the, that it was not like the Kingdom Hearts series was not a card game, like a card based game, because that's what the Game Boy Advance version was. What? It's a card game? Chain of Memories is a card game. It's a weird card game where, like, your attacks are based on cards that you get from killing other enemies. It's like... Oh, wow. It's... It's, uh... It's not Kingdom Hearts. I thought it was. I didn't know any better. So I just kept playing because I was like, this is it. This is Kingdom Hearts. This is all I'm ever get. And eventually one day, like, I was telling somebody about it. They're like, what are you playing? That's not the game. Like, that's not how it's played. I was like, what? <laughs> and I just never played it again. <laughs> like, that must have that must have been like a, a world ending moment for you. That's rough. Like, you know, the little, the noise they do on like the, like YouTube videos, the brrrr. like you know Uh, but yeah so was it at least fun was it a fun card game uh like it was fun like i think Mm. i definitely enjoyed playing it but there's a point where the game gets so ridiculously repetitive and Mm. uh you never have the cards that you need to do which it's personally i wouldn't recommend it to anybody (laughs) um and also there's like probably a part of me that just because I, I, that's the only Kingdom Hearts game I played. I want to like it, like mm. in my soul. So you should try the mobile game. Is that good? The browser, the browser game. Is that good? <laughs> I think those are the same. No. <laughs> oh no. man, you got me excited. I was like, <laughs> I can finally play Kingdom Hearts. No, if you had to play one game, play Kingdom Hearts two. Yes. Two? Okay. Kingdom Hearts yeah. two is the one to but play. Just be prepared because the game is going to start, and you're going to experience what I experienced, which was utter confusion. <laughs> right i think because that's for a long time you're not even playing as sora who is like the most recognizable character to be fair all of the games will do you like that where nothing's going to make sense and they're going to act like it's okay that's true it's hard to tell the difference between things that haven't been explained and things that you've just missed from previous games mm-hmm. square enix was like we're gonna put all of the story in it with none of the explanation Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you're just gonna, <laughs> we're gonna have all the like everything. Well, you know what? I might get you know like now. I know there's the collections, right? Oh yeah, yeah. But it I know like, sale pretty too. somebody was telling me like the collections are weird because sometimes they won't have a certain game in them, mm. even though they say that it's a collection of the games. So you got to be like a little right. careful. That so, makes sense. But I, I would start at one, even though it's garbage. Like to me, some I'll play through the game if I know it's like a. a like an experience, like this, like yeah, you know, more of an educational, is. like oh, like I really want to understand it, and I care about story a lot in games. Uh, so, as I do <laughs> in media, I mean to me, like incompre- incomprehensible. Uh, but we'll see. I I don't know. I'm I'm with you. I don't know. I yeah. recommend it. Okay, I might. I was I, I was disappointed by three, but overall, I recommend the series. Just know what you're getting into, and you'll be fine. Okay, I'll add it to my. List dream drop. Shailene will love it. She will be so befuddled. <laughs> She'll be so indignant with you for playing and making her watch. <laughs> dream drop half in a mile, half a mile distance. Three. Mm. Cool. I'm ready. Uh, okay. Cool. Well, um, that was good. Okay. Kingdom Hearts. Now I got something on my list. Like I'll add on my list. Um, okay. So let's get to the threes, man. So um, my number three. My number three, Steve has actually seen me play it. Ooh, uh, it Neck, baby. Is, what is it? What is it? What is it? I'm not going to say because I, I, I did. 
I did Kyle dirty last time. I'm not gonna out <laughs> your, your thing before. It's it, Mac, it, obviously. My number three, and 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 though I can't put, it's XCOM two. I'll just say it. Yeah. It's XCOM two. Uh, I would put XCOM in this as well, but XCOM two is just XCOM, but even better. So, mm. um, I love tactical games, strategic turn-based tactical games, and I'm like, and permadeath with permadeath mixed in there so there's consequences man steve can talk uh, can speak of it but i played the mess out of that game <laughs> and yeah. i i took it super serious like i don't know like there's something about it like thinking about every okay if i do this okay what are my percentages and like i in the game is permadeath so, so okay let me let me for those who don't know what xcom is xcom is basically uh a turn-based game a tactical game so basically what happens is they're like your team and another team and in this case it's human soldiers versus alien invaders and, and the aliens are computers it's not like pv you're not playing against someone else yeah you? yeah they're they're uh they're just npcs or whatever they're the, the the game that's your challenge and what happens is you have all these units and the units have different types and characters uh different uh abilities and stuff like that and when they kill somebody, they get experience. So if they kill an alien, they get experience, which allows them to unlock new abilities and new traits and new blah, 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 and they get stronger. And but, but what happens is if your character dies in battle, they're gone forever. They're permadeath. Um, and so what it does is adds this intensity to every fight because you can be in a game where you're fighting some like pretty low-level aliens and you can get really cocky and put a person in a place where they'll just get murdered um and there's like some ability to revive your character when they get like knocked down or hurt but like you know then that takes away from your strategy of defending and fighting and it's just this nuance of like okay are you facing this person is their back to you are they do they have um cover you know what weapons do they have um What's their abilities? What's their, you know, and it's all this percentage game. Like, okay, you have a 70% chance of taking the shot. If you miss, though, it might expose you. And, then, you know, like, and it's just just really, really good. I, I, I just, I don't know. Like. Very st- tactical. Very tactical. It's just a game that I really love. It's very, very brutal. And, and there's a point, like, I, when I played the game, the first playthrough, I'm going to reload a save. <laughs> if I, like if things go really bad especially yeah. if i like lose a really important character but like it, it's just fun it has a real big rpg element of uplading your um upgrading your base and yeah i just xcom 2 i couldn't say more good things about it um it, the only thing that i would say is that sometimes it can get a little weird and wonky and glitchy and uh then oh, yeah. things that you like an enemy will like disappear or somebody will shoot you that you it, it can get a little bit weird and mm-hmm. that's when it's at its worst but otherwise I, I love the game you know i saw a video i think it was about skill up on xcom um I, I i tried it once uh it was it was free on ps plus i think it was mm-hmm. but i, I experienced one too. thing that he talked about in that video which was like the percentages you know you'd be aiming and it'd say like 98 percent Mm-hmm. And you'd shoot and you'd like still miss or do like a low amount of damage. And I know that's how percentages work. You know, you still have that 2% that your shot isn't going to work. But I was like, eh, I don't, uh, I don't like that too much. And then, 
I think that was still part of the tutorial. And then in the tutorial, they show you the permadeath system. And at this point, I was already attached to everybody because I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm figuring out how to move my units. And then one of them die, and I uninstalled the game. Yeah. So I was like, in the tutorial. In the tutorial. <laughs> I was like, no, I can't. You're too weak. I, was, I couldn't handle it. It was too much. This I didn't like, get nope. past the tutorial. Nope, I can't do it. I can't mm-hmm. do it. Couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's like what they call like the hardcore mode and like the real mode, like like uh, standard mode. Standard mode has saves and you can do like quick saves. I definitely use that um, in my first playthrough for sure. And then you can play like elite mode or whatever where there's like only you can only save at the beginning of a fight and uh, where like there's no like take backs. <laughs> like, Ooh. like I, I don't know if I can play that mode. Some people play the game where they name people like their friends and family. And mm-hmm. I'm like, bro absolutely not oh, that's like, intense like they'll put their mom on the front line it's <laughs> like i'm like bro you're out of control like gram gram no <laughs> no like i i can i can recall the story in the original XCOM where i lost a character that i literally had for like the first 60 hours of the game mm-hmm. i lost him in like the second to last fight and i literally sat there for like 10 minutes like mm. what am i gonna do like <laughs> i was like what am I going to do? Because I didn't have, like, any saves. And I said, I got to take this one. Like, he died for a purpose. <laughs> like, I really had to, like, take yeah. it in. It, it, was, it was serious. But. And that's when those games are at their best, in my opinion, is mm-hmm. when you have to deal with the consequences. Yeah. Roll with it. You feel lost. Yeah. You yeah. Do. That means the game's working. Yeah, it's doing, it's doing, it's super effective at that. I definitely, like, if you, like, X-Town 2 is, like, a really well-made game really in in one thing i appreciate about the developers is that like they worked really really hard to make it so that it's comp like it's comprehensible by a normal person because the original games were not comprehensible mm. <laughs> and there's so many overlays and so many little stats but they did a really good job so anyway that's my number uh three what about you uh steve my number three is a a recent hit called hades oh wow talk about it um i feel a little weird about including a game all these other games i've played were like formative Mm -hmm. or like monumental Mm -hmm. in some way uh and hades you know i'm currently playing hades so it's weird for me to say oh top five top three but this is why i love super giant games Mm. um my first one of my first laptop game or PC gaming experience was on my school laptop back in college. And I played a bunch of indie games and one of them was called Bastion. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. It was so cool. I think I've talked about it on this podcast. Mm-hmm. If not, I've definitely told you guys about it. Yeah. Uh, and they've come out with more games since then. And then they came out with Hades and Hades was the first game that super giant came out with that. I think has like critical reception, yeah, like everyone just playing it, you mm-hmm. know, just, Especially with streaming, it's just really blown up. So, uh, yeah, I, what I love about Hades is that it's their first time having a roguelike game. And a roguelike is when the actual game length is somewhat short, maybe like an hour or less to play the whole thing. Or maybe there's longer games probably, but this game happens to be less than an hour. But the game relies on the fact that you're going to die a lot. And mm. when you die you lose all of your progress through the game and depending on how the developer has designed it, you might lose all or some of your resources. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the point. The point is for you to start over fresh every time and maybe you get incrementally stronger by collecting some re- resource that does not go away. So in this case, you collect something called darkness and you use that to upgrade your character. And then, you know, as you play, you pick up all these special powers and abilities and then you die and you lose all of them, but your upgrades to your character are still there. So I'm not going to get into all the details of like the game mechanics and stuff because I'll probably talk for a long time, but <laughs> I really love, oh, I, I was saying earlier, it's their first time playing, make, uh, first time with a roguelike game. However, for me, and I assume for most people having played all of their backlog, the like three or four games they've made already, it feels like the perfect evolution of Super Giants gaming. Like there's there's tidbits of mechanics and decisions that I see from all the other previous games in Hades. And so for me, I'm like, yeah, it's not it's not like defining a genre, but it really feels like they could have made this game and it could have been the first roguelike game and like everyone would be like, wow, roguelikes. But it, it feels like they got there on their own. Hmm. It doesn't really feel like they took a lot of cues from other roguelikes. Interesting. Um, so so like, I love it. So it's like a culmination of of who yeah. their experience over time. It just seemed like a natural progression to something yeah. like this. That's really cool. The way that you the way that you can like replay. So in the first game, you can replay levels with different weapon loadouts. Um, all of their games have a system for um, making the game harder. That isn't even, it's available during the game. You don't even have to do it like at the end. You can, or after beating it, like you can make the game very hard, very quickly. And there's, there's like trade-offs for that. Um, yeah, the replayable levels in some games, uh, the, the way they tell stories through dialogue in, uh, in all of their games. Um, I've heard, I haven't played Pyre, but especially, apparently Pyre was really big on that as the story. The gameplay has nothing to do with story. It's very simple, but then, it's just like this. You just play the roguelike over and over and over, but hmm. then as you play, you unlock more dialogue, and that's what that's how you do stories. That's how you do kind of these like more nuanced quests. It's just by talking to people. Um, but anyway, if you don't care about any of that, here's my my pitch. Right, Hades is a beautiful game. The art is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the voice acting is all insane. The writing is excellent. The music. The music is ultra hype. I love the music. So I listen good. to it outside of the game. <clears throat> what else? What else? What else? But if you do listen to the music, beware spoilers to a degree. Not really. I mean, if you're paying attention to the lyrics, you can probably extrude some, extrapolate some like story elements. But all of their songs are always kind of vague, so you can definitely ignore. Well, there was one in um, particular that <clears throat> that you don't hear till you get to a certain level. Or a certain point of the game, and then the alternate version, I'll say, you don't hear uh-huh. until way later. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I guess the songs themselves can be spoiled. So, yes, the soundtrack is a spoiler in that way. Interesting. But it's not like spoiling story or anything. Which I think from a you know a narrative perspective is like incredible because, you know, the the music is often like backtracking. It's like, oh, this is yeah. final boss track, but that doesn't necessarily spoil the final boss. While in this game, you know, this track is linked to a character that you'll meet at, in part of the game, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Huh. That's super cool. I think that it's really great. I feel like John Williams does that with some of his uh, music. If you mm-hmm. actually, if you go back, like some of his Star Wars music, 
and you re- look at the titles of his tracks and then the progression of how things flow, you could yeah. actually figure out how the movie was going to go because the music is just that sweeping and mm-hmm. telling you so much about the movie and the yeah. titles are like, you know, but maybe maybe not as clear as Hades, but that's that's a powerful statement. I mean, John Williams is the gold standard, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a beast. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the gameplay is addictive. It has tons and tons of replayability. I have, I've made I think over sixty, maybe sixty-five attempts to escape from the underground underworld, uh, in this game, and that's attempts whether I failed or lived. Okay. Um, it's like surprisingly moving. I've gotten invested in some of these characters, even though I literally just talk to them and mm-hmm. like give them nectar. Like that's all. That's the only way that you interact with most characters. Is just talking to them, and I'm like, wow, I I want to like help them with their little problems and stuff, <laughs> uh, and I just love Supergiant. So okay, yeah. Well, I think game. I still haven't. I I you know it's one of those games like I do this with games sometimes that I really want to play, like Spider Man on uh, PS4, <laughs> PS5. I won't look at anything about them. I won't look mm-hmm. at trailers. I won't look at nothing. Like all I know is that Hades is the number one rated game on the PS5 right now. Whoa! So, um, what? Yeah, it's the highest rated game on the PS5. Snap! So, so it's that's telling. So I. Do. What else is telling? I bought the game on Switch on a on a recommendation, and I bought it again on PC mm-hmm. just so I could play it at a higher resolution. <laughs> I can resolution. play it everywhere. I need it on my <laughs> fridge. I need it on. <laughs> yeah, there's there's only there's very few games I've bought twice just so I could play them in more places. That's awesome. That's awesome. Cool, cool. Hades definitely. Um, Cool, Mr. Kyle, number number three. What you got? So my number three is um, Assassin's Creed. Oh. The first one. Um, I enjoyed Whoa. the first four up, up to Black Flag. But the first one, I think, it not from a gameplay perspective necessarily, but just because of, <clears throat> I guess, everything that that game did as far as, I don't know, like the, the innovation and then I, the, yeah. the story was just uh, so good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, it's hard to explain, I guess, just like where games were when that game came out is is like one of those things. Kind of Kind of how like when Half-Life came out, how it was just one of those games that was just where did this come from? You know, like what, yeah. were, what were the people who were working on this thinking? Like they're on another level. And so unfortunately they beat the horse to death and then continued <laughs> to beat it, cremated it, then put its remains into a robot horse and then beat that horse to death and, and brought it up in dead rising. And then- yes. So the series is all but unrecognizable right now. Um, but if you haven't played the first Assassin's Creed, I I just I, I can't recommend it enough for the narrative beats alone. Because on the surface it seems like oh I'm just this you know this rogue killer who's you know performing these jobs have these really cool weapons, but then uh, it just takes a turn, man. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. it. I don't know if you have you guys played it. I have no I have. actually, yeah. I I mean I would I would agree. I mean I think Assassin's Creed One makes like like 
I think Kyle, you hit it, the nail on the head where it's like, it's a game where you're just like, oh, it's a cool like mechanics. And then you're like, whoa, there's like so much more to this and mm-hmm. how they've really weaved even history and like the, the attention to detail, you know, like there's a whole like if you want to get into it, the how they went and they made these levels is like almost one to one to some of the ancient places yeah. that existed. But yeah, where they go and then like and then like to me. It makes Assassin's Creed 2, well, I guess Assassin's Creed 2, I don't know, the game's weird on, like, how it did it. It's, like, Assassin's Creed 1, Assassin's Creed 2, and then, like, Revelations, or, mm-hmm. like, I can't remember exactly the order, but it basically makes those next three, four games, like, like just awesome, you know? Um, mm-hmm. It's just, what it they set, them. Yeah. yeah, what they set up in that first game, just, yeah, and I think it's one of those rare games that's, even though it's been out for, like, more than a decade, it's worth not spoiling because it's that good. Yeah. Like if there's any chance that you're going to play cuz they're not long games either. Like mm-hmm. the the first couple aren't um okay. And I would say like just adding what you said Kyle about the story, I think the cool side quests that reveal more interesting things about the world mm-hmm. is like one of my favorite inside I think that's Assassin's Creed 2, but I don't know. I just think what they did with the whole you know, yeah. the first few games is just Assassin's Creed 2 because Revelations I think hit so hard because of Assassin's Creed 2 because that was the I mean they brought Ezio from 2 like he was in like a, I think he had his own like trilogy of games but in Assassin's Creed 2 they did like their due diligence like making you just really empathize with the character see what his motivations were Mm-hmm. And then, like, he grows so much over the course of the games. And then, like you said, you know, they, they lean upon each other so much. And it's like the story progresses, like, not, but it's not, like, in a cheesy way. It's just, like. Exactly. Ah, it's. Yeah. just uh, It's it's hard because you can't even, like, you want to say something, but you can't. Because if you yeah. do, then it's, like. like yeah, I'm not getting anything. Yeah. So, <laughs> from what you guys are saying. Yeah. Good. Kyle, that sounds cool. Kyle doing a good job. <laughs> is is this so cool? Like you want to talk about it? It's like yes. Like especially some of the stuff, you know. But um, which is one of the reasons why the movie was so disappointing. I, because I we, because if you played any of the games, then you know how much potential the movie mm-hmm. had from a narrative standpoint. Yeah, yeah. It it didn't even have it, like if you think about it, it didn't even have to go heavy on the action. It no, it really just stayed in the the story realm, made it more, you know. Yeah. So, wow. Good one, good one, Cal. Okay, all right. Yeah. Now we get into the top twos here. Um, top so two. my number two, number deuce, uh, for <laughs> me is uh, this to me is this the OG game? Everybody like it's probably on somebody's top, everybody's top ten list somewhere in the world is Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Oh, uh, call that to, too. To me, um, like. I think for me, it's also one of those formative games where, like, it really introduced me into... I think it took me to the next stage of, like, what it was for me to be a gamer. Um, combining of story, gameplay, the world, just just quality, like, music. Like, everything about it was so just clean and tight, especially during that time. Even inventing Z-targeting, which is now, like... Yeah, the standard. The standard. Um, 
Like, and it just was perfect. It was just Nintendo doing what they do best. We're going to make the best game for what we're trying to do. And the narrative it told, I think just the, to me, I'm always a big, like, lore world type of person. I love universes. I love the idea of the mythical and the mystical and all this stuff and just how they did everything. And, you know, um, I mean, I think there's Zelda games with better stories. Like, I think Twilight Princess, I enjoy its story a lot. Um, and even uh, Wind Waker, but I think Ocarina of Time just, and I, matter of fact, I would say that like Majora's Mask story is even, even though it's super, super out there, it's super, super interesting, maybe a little bit better than Ocarina of Time, but I would say like Ocarina of Time just, just as a whole is like just a masterpiece, and Mm -hmm. I think it really elevated every game that came after it. Um, Similar, similar to how I feel about Super Metroid, I feel like Ocarina of Time is the gold standard was a masterpiece you could retire off of that but also i think for me um i think it just it made me grow up i just remember being so scared of at certain points in the game like there's a point where you have to go like underground and you have to deal with these zombies like yeah, oh, yeah. the redeads or the, whatever they're called and i just remember like honestly i couldn't play that part of the game if it was nighttime or if it was evening, I had no. to do it during the day. I was so terrified. I was so terrified. And um, there's just a lot of secrets and bonuses and, and then just the world and this whole idea of like timelines and like like how they did it and just everything. I To me, that game was just awesome. I just I just loved it, you know. I don't know if you yeah, guys... It sounds like mm-hmm. I remember perfect those... fantasy. Sorry, what'd you say, Steve? I was just saying, it sounds like a perfect fantasy. Yeah, it really was. And Kyle, what, what, were, you, what were you about to say? <clears throat> I was going to say, I agree with, like, no playing against Redeads at night. Because, <laughs> like, those those blocky graphics, man, mm. like, just because they were cutting edge for the time, they would give me nightmares. Nightmares, Yep, man. yep. Like, legitimately. Yep. And, and, and then they would do these, like, freeze frames, then zoom ins, and then the scream. <laughs> and you're yeah. just like... Like, yo, bro, I just can't do this. Like, literally, I remember trying to play it one time, and I said, I can't. And I just bailed. Like, I just left. I was like, nope, mm-hmm. I don't need the, the what was it, the lens of truth or whatever it was needed. <laughs> was like, I'm good. I'm good. Pass. I'm good. I can finish the game without it. But, yeah, I, I think that's that's definitely my number two. Um, it would be my number one. It, was, it would almost be my number one, but my number one has a very, very different, yeah. So, yeah, that's my number two. Have you ever seen the the Hercules game from the TV show that pretty oh. much like stole the opening <laughs> sequence? No, I've not. <laughs> it's it's like it's so just like unapologetically ripping off Legend of Zelda, but you're playing as like a, a anatomically like correct. What, what was that? It wasn't Kevin Sorbo. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> but you're like picking up the rocks and stuff. It's so oh, dumb. Man. I gotta go and watch that. Kevin Sorbo's Hercules. <laughs> it's the Legend of Zelda edition. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, I'm probably, I hate to say it, but I'm probably never gonna play Ocarina of Time unless it's remade. It's been remade on the 3DS. They'll probably remake it again. Probably, yeah, so. I don't know. That's what I've, I. Should, let me rephrase. Yeah, unless it's remade on the Switch. He's not gonna play it till it's Ocarina of Time VR. 
But you know what? But Nintendo is <laughs> Nintendo's the type of people who are like, no, nah, we already remade it. We've already, we're not doing that again. Like, we don't care what you want, how you want it, when you want it. And if you'll pay us money for it, we're not going to do it. Nintendo's. That's fair. You could convince me to emulate it, perhaps. Mm. Emulate, emulate the remake, because I don't have a 3DS and I'm not going to buy one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying to go out there and play illegal versions of anything ever, but I do know that there's some existing versions that have that you can play it um i would say buy the game and then maybe play one of the the like fan mod versions emulations Ooh, yeah but i don't know i don't know about those i can't speak of them all like i said i know they exist but uh mr steve what's your number two all right my number two uh it's kind of a niche favorite i'm always i used to gush about it a lot i got one guy to play it two guys to play it uh, Hollow Knight. I knew it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, if there's a game, <laughs> knew it was coming. Yeah. I knew it was coming. I was like, it's either number one or, you know. <laughs> yeah, that means you probably know what my number one is. Then I, I gotta think um, about it. But yeah, continue. All right, you you keep thinking. But yeah, Hollow Knight. I mentioned earlier when we were talking about Metroid Prime. I was like, oh, I love Metroidvanias. Uh, and for me, Hollow Knight is like. First of all, not really innovative at all, but it takes everyone's, it takes like the best features of a Metroidvania and just polishes it to like a pristine gleaming sheen. Like it's so, it's so well polished. It's such a well-made game. Uh, It has hours and hours of content just in the base game. But then on top of that, Team Cherry released, I think it was three, perhaps four, free updates free expansions for the game oh wow uh Hmm. yeah so there's just tons of tons tons and tons of stuff to do actually i have to play it again because after i bought it and played it um they released something called i think it was god master was the last the latest and last uh Hmm. update expansion um and now that i think about it it had already come out but i never interacted with any of the content from the grim troop expansion so I somehow missed stuff, even though I was very yeah, uh, careful. Wow. How many copies yeah. of that one have you bought? I have bought two. Oh. I bought one on PC, and I played through all the way. Uh, well, I say all the way, except for the things I just mentioned that I missed. I will also say I have not gotten the best ending. There is a certain something you're supposed to do. There's a certain action you have to take, and then you have to beat a really insane boss, and... I, I took the action. I have not been able to beat that boss. Mm-hmm. So, I, <laughs> uh, but I got bucket list kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I got at least one of the endings. So I have beaten the game, and I'm fine with that. I refuse to read any of the lore because I don't want to know what happens in the true ending. Yo, it's been man. like five years. <laughs> I totally understand, though. I I, I, yeah. I, I respect yeah. that. I respect that. Yeah, maybe four years, but yeah. Um, I have this YouTube video saved in my watch later list. It's like, oh, the Hollow Knight lore, civilization explained. And it's like at the top of the list because I've watched everything that came before and I'm never going to watch this video. Uh, oh, but after I bought it on PC, I bought it on Switch because uh, it had they, got a, they had a physical limited run edition. Ooh. And I have no intention of playing it on Switch. Maybe I will someday. I just want, I just really wanted to support the devs. Mm. And it's still uh, in the 15 bucks. Um, I mean, I've opened it. Oh, because yeah. you never know. I haven't like done anything with it. I just not gonna. I was play like, it. you kept in the packaging, so that's right. 
No, I'm not that man. <laughs> um, uh, maybe I should be that man though. Lay down. But yeah, the game the game is fifteen dollars at at most, and in my mind, that's a steal. I do not wait for this game to go on sale. Just buy it for fifteen dollars, please. <laughs> it's very good. It, it looks it looks great. Yeah, I mean the the art is fantastic. It's got nice music. Um, the gameplay is really satisfying. You have you have like really quick attacks. You can down attack on most surfaces to like bounce off them, which I don't think you can do in most other games. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes precise timing, and you can like down attack off of enemies. We were just talking about how in Metroid Two you can freeze enemies yeah. to use them as platforms. Yeah, you can do that in this game. Uh, you don't freeze them. You just have to basically attack off of like attack bounce them. Mm. Um, so it involves a little bit more skill. It's great. I love it. And there's a sequel, not a sequel. I guess it's a sequel. Silk Song is coming out. Oh yeah, yeah. Someday. Uh, everyone's ultra hyped for that. It looks oh, really yeah. good Everyone too. being, everyone being me. <laughs> no, I, I really feel like the internet was super hyped when that junk came out. Like when they yeah. announced that junk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everybody wants Nintendo to announce it for some reason. I'm like, you guys know these are people aren't like, they're not part of Nintendo. Like this isn't a Nintendo game. <laughs> they, they gonna send Sakurai Amen. over. Like you better get this boy. Put him in Smash. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, you know it, it also has. Oh, yeah, go I'll ahead. Let you go. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say the lore is absurd. From what I've, I mean, if you thought the atmosphere in like Legend of Zelda or Metroid was like really well done, bro, the the world building and the atmosphere in this game is so hype. <laughs> I, uh, I I've uncovered I think most of it, and I mean the story itself is like whatever is a story, but like just. The depth and the complexity of what's going on, and the 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 universe, the, the, universe. the raising stakes of like what you are and what your destiny is as you play, and it's never outright told to you. You have to like figure it out as you go. It's so much fun. It's kind of like Dark Souls in that way, hmm. or most Metroidvanias, I guess. But that's pretty cool. Like I said, polished to a gleam. Let Let me say this to all you guys listening. There was a period of time when I knew Steve. When if I wasn't sure what Steve was going to say to me and if I wanted to bet on it, if I just was like someone's like bet what Steve is going to talk about when you see him next, <laughs> like I probably yeah. had like a 50 50 chance that it would be Hollow Knight and then I get paid. <laughs> yeah. Like it was it was he was like about that life and not even like, you know, like really over the top way. It was just like Hollow Knight always found a way to like connect. Like we could be talking yeah. about like, oh, somebody just had a new baby. Like, well, you know, in Hollow Knight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are babies in Hollow Knight. So <laughs> see, there it is. You, you have to save them. Like, you think I'm playing? You think I'm playing? <laughs> That's hilarious. No. I played that uh, game I feel- for a little while. You have to save the, well, they, they were like slug babies. They're grubs. Yeah. Grub babies. Little caterpillar babies. I still haven't played it at all. I know, I know like almost nothing about it. It's like just one of those games where I just have had a willful blindness to it, but not because I want to play it or don't want to play. It's just like, you know, if it shows up, if it's like a free PlayStation Plus game, I'll definitely play it. But I don't no. know. <laughs> Spend $15 on it. I don't Buy know. It. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I really have to like, like, I need to play Hades first. I need to play XCOM 2 again. And then, <laughs> you know, I uh, I came so close to missing missing it, guys. So I, I played it 
right when I bought it, whenever it came out. I don't know why I bought it to begin with because it, it wasn't even that hype back then. But I played it and I didn't like it. Ooh. Like I got stuck in like the first level and I was like, I can't figure this out. I can't beat these these like mini bosses. It's so hard. Mm. And then I don't know why, but I, months later I felt like I had to come back to it. And that was when I was living in Baton Rouge. And I realized that my my controller was just janky. Like <laughs> it was janky controller and it was I think there was like some delay as well. And so once I changed my controller, guys, the world he, opened he'd up. You've been playing me. on a Dreamcast <laughs> controller the whole time. I had, been playing, <laughs> I had been playing I had been playing on my uh, DK bongos. That was <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Better than using the Wii U or something like the stupid movement control anyway um wow okay hollow knight number two number two all right kyle very good what's your number two cool so i'm my number two is also a game with heavy platforming came out a couple years ago might be a maybe a weird pick but uh super mario odyssey oh my number two um just because like there was like i guess a time before uh, up until that game came out where I was kind of like in a lull as far as games were concerned. And it kind of reinvigorated everything, like brought me kind of mm-hmm. back to my childhood. I didn't spend a whole lot of time with Super Mario 64, but, you know, I've played a bunch of like solid, like just solid games like over the years. And so that's something I was kind of waiting for. It's just like for a game with a really solid identity to kind of come into my life. And for me, the Super Mario Odyssey was, you know, like like it, it knew what it wanted to be. Right, it was a Nintendo game, yeah. and it didn't do anything else. And yeah. what it did do, it did perfectly. And so, like, I spent hours playing that game. Like every night after I bought it, and I played it all the way through, probably in, in like three days. And it, it was it's a longer mm-hmm. game as far as like Mario games are concerned. In my mm-hmm. opinion, it has like 900 moons or something, right? Right, yeah. To get to, and hopefully this isn't a spoiler at this point, but to get to the darker side of the moon, which is the like official last level, where there's like a gauntlet, it took like 500 moons. And to beat wow. the game, I think was around 300 moons to get to. Yeah, like, it's much less. Yeah. And so, so it was like, you know, you had to go back to all the different worlds and you had to complete challenges and the, and it wasn't like, it wasn't a grueling task because the movement system in Mario Odyssey is like second to none. Like there's, there's not another game that I could, that I can think of offhand where you just felt so free to move yeah anywhere you wanted at any point. It's super responsive. Like, Mm -hmm. so it just felt, it felt good. To do the challenges, it feels really good because there weren't like the challenges were based around what you, what movements you had, and on on top of that, movements you didn't know what you could do, but it mm. never felt like there was a challenge that was created that somebody didn't like test. And it's hard to I guess kind of explain, but I guess in the same way where you do a platforming section in a first person game, it never felt like we were doing like some weird. I don't know, gimpy first person yeah. challenge in a in a third person platformer. You know, it never felt it never felt disconnected what your objective was versus what yeah. you could do. Like yeah, that came down to the it, boss fights, yeah, you know, which were simple, but 
they they held true to what mechanics you had at your disposal. Yeah. Yeah, it's to me it's interesting because like, you know, I I uh I really loved Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, I didn't finish it because of many random reasons, but not because I didn't want to keep playing it. Um, but, you know, it's so interesting and and maybe I'm wrong on this and I'm, I'm speaking. I'm telling another person's story, but I feel like <laughs> Super Mario Odyssey made one of our friends into a gamer. Um, mm. And oh. and that friend would be Tasha, uh. because um, I feel like she heard about it and then she started playing it and then. I don't know like it just seemed like it was such a pure game like that somebody who wasn't a big gamer could like yeah. really like get into it and really enjoy it and i think yeah. that speaks volumes to how like you just talked about kyle like how it was just like purely itself it took away everything else it was like this is a mario game we're going to talk about jumping getting these moons and having a great time Mm-hmm. i think technically she was already dipping her toes especially with like smash bros Mm because of all the people she was hanging out with but you're right i remember i i lent it to her i lent her odyssey and she had it at least a few months i think i don't think she played the entire time but uh from what i recall she bought it afterwards i'm not 100 percent sure but yeah that was that was definitely one of the very early steps in her uh, recent gamer journey i think she used to play more games <laughs> like, when like she was younger old, old games yeah when she was younger but in terms of like you know now that she has a family and a job and she's a functioning adult i think this was yeah like i said one of the really early steps for her that was cool yeah and it really is like that and now that you mentioned that part of it you know <clears throat> i think mario games in general have always lent themselves to being accessible no matter how much time you have like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like you can jump in for 10 minutes and go find a moon, you know, in this one and then save and put it down if you need to. Or if you're a kid, you know, you could spend hours in these levels just running around, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I uh I think I collected almost every moon in that game as well. Snap. I recently was replaying Super Mario Odyssey. Not Odyssey. We're talking about Odyssey. Galaxy? Super Mario Sunshine. Oh. Uh, I've dabbled my toe in Galaxy. Um, I'll, I'll probably spend more time with it later. But right now I've been playing Sunshine. I have, I think, like 80 Shine Sprites now. Um, out of, I think it's 99 or 100 total. And I remember people were upset because they really wanted... They really wanted... I mean, first of all, everyone loves Odyssey, pretty much everyone. Mm-hmm. But one of the downsides was like, oh, there's not a hub world. We really liked Delfino Plaza in, and, and the castle. from or Delfino Plaza from Sunshine and the castle from Mario 64, mm-hmm. where it's this hub world and there's lots of little things to do and it's, there's tons of stuff. And what I realized is that, yes, Odyssey does not have a hub world, but the thing that we care about in a hub world is all the little things to do. And every world in Odyssey is like that yes. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Except uh, maybe like the forgotten world or something, but like, and it's, no, no, not the forgotten world, the ruined world. That's the one that doesn't have much stuff. Right. Yeah. You just kind of run through that one. Yeah. But like, there's just, I was, I was playing sunshine and I'm like picking up shine sprites from eating a yellow bird as Yoshi or playing this stupid pachinko game. God, <laughs> Or like that poison river thing where you're on a leaf and you have to like mm-hmm. navigate the leaf to get all the red coins. Yeah. And these are all accessible from Delfino Plaza. 
And I'm like, this is some, like, Mario Odyssey stuff. Like, this would have happened in any of the worlds. Yeah. yeah. So, At, I get it. I'm with it. I think that's one of the places where people kind of discount just how much Odyssey expanded on the Mario formula. Is that, really, each of the worlds, I guess, it, or are they called worlds in that? Or kingdoms. Each of the kingdoms. Uh, kingdoms you're right. each of the kingdoms do have like a hub area where there's just a bunch of npcs standing around and some of them mm-hmm. do have little side quests but then when you walk out of there you don't walk like through a pa- painting or <clears throat> you know jump into a mark on the wall like in sunshine like once you walk out of there the whole world is there for you to explore and then every objective mm. is accessible at any moment rather than you having to jump back and forth between hub worlds or load into a like one of the weird things that kind of pulled me out of Sunshine was that the challenge levels felt like they were like in space or something, and mm-hmm. so, and they had like these, oh yeah, these um, you know, like Unity primitives floating in the yeah. air that you had to yeah. jump across. And I'm like, but how does this have anything to do with Delfino Plaza? You know, and I've ne- I didn't feel that way at all about Odyssey. Everything felt like it was contained. Well, that's not true. There are there's a few levels in Odyssey. Where that are, they're kind of just out in some sort of... I mean, they're void. more fleshed out. Yeah, but they're out in some void somewhere. Yeah, I remember one, there was one in the ice level, you know, where you'd, you'd walk... But you'd walk through the, the special doors. And, but they'd at least yes, still the be... the special doors. They'd at least still be themed, you know. I, I think I think really what Super Mario Odyssey is, is kind of like the like what we've been kind of describing about other games. It's the culmination of knowledge right like it's years and years of doing things and realizing what is good like you guys haven't well i kyle you've played galaxy right a little bit yeah yeah like galaxy one and two was like kind of like everyone's like oh this is like the end like what else can they do they've made this gravity based like da 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 but nintendo was like no 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 we were like trying this we were doing this we were doing this and we're bringing it all together like this world idea, because we've already been doing worlds for years, for decades, right? Like Super Mario on the Super Nintendo yeah. with worlds. Yeah. Um, and now we're doing kingdoms, and now we're like the hub worlds. We started, messed, we kind of experimented with that in 64, and then we continued to build on it. And I just feel like they really, they, it was just like, yeah, let's put it all together, guys. Like, yeah. let's put it all together. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're making a Switch game, we're making a new console. Let's, Let's make people buy this thing. <laughs> and speaking of being on the Switch, it looks fantastic to be on the Switch. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a gorgeous game. Yeah. For a Mario game, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Game. The art style, they did a really good... I mean, I just remember thinking to myself how weird it was that they had, like, real humans. Like, people were talking about <laughs> all over the internet, right? Real yeah. humans and then, like... But you figure out later, like... Like, there's a whole lore behind what people think why they're different. But it's like this, this, it just every, even though in a weird way, it's like that should, these humans and Mario should be the same. Like, it just all looked good. It all looked great and all felt mm-hmm. good. So, yeah, that's real. Cool, man. Good. And they did such a good job with the skill, ceiling, and floor. So, like, yes. the game, first of all, there's no lives. So, you can die as many times as you want. You just lose coins. But coins are easy to find. Everywhere. There's, you know, an infinite number of them. So the skill ceiling, and then, oh, uh, on top of the infinite deaths, you also have uh, all the the capture mechanics. Like, a lot of these these enemies and monsters and objects that you capture make the game a lot easier. And at first, as you play through them, you might think, oh, this is just what you're supposed to do. And I guess it is. 
but they also have a really, really high skill ceiling where a lot of people have figured out how to clear most of the objectives without capturing mm-hmm. things, just mm-hmm. running around movement. Uh, you know, there's like invisible platforms. People like figure out how to figure out where the platforms are, just not necessarily skill, but memorization, I yeah. guess. But so you don't need to capture the, the sunglasses guy that can see the invisible uh, platforms. You just run on the platforms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They even have an invisible, you can like collect suits in the game. There's an invisible Mario suit, uh, which makes the game a lot harder. Yes. <laughs> and I tried playing, <laughs> I tried playing that and it's, uh, it's pretty bonkers. But yeah, you can do all sorts of stuff to, to raise the challenge in that game. Yeah, I think they created a real, like they made a system mm-hmm. so tight. System. They just made these systems so tight that they're like, cool, have fun with it. Like if you're just going to play casually, like me, I'm probably more on the casual end. I didn't really go out of my way to get any sun. I got exactly what I needed to go to the next world. You know, if I saw it, like I didn't spend too much time. So I enjoyed it on a casual perspective. Right. And then if you want to go hardcore and get all 900, like there's so much more. So it's it's they really catered to every type of player without going like, here's a hard mode. Here's an easy mode. Here's a, you know, which I think is incredibly difficult. So. Yeah, they do have an easy mode. It, it just makes you not die at all, which I'm like, it's basically already on easy mode. <laughs> it's, it's basically you're a little kid and you have no clue what's <laughs> happening mode. Like, right. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. Like that's that's exactly what they needed. That was the only thing I would say was missing from the normal mode in terms of accessibility. Yeah, that's super cool. Cool man, good good uh, good one, uh, Kyle. All right, our number ones um, as we uh, come in here for a landing. All right, my number one. Uh, and I actually did not realize this was my number one until today when I said, you know what, let me look at my games to see if there's any games that I'm forgetting. And I was forgetting a game. And oh. I just and I realized that I had literally bought this game on every platform that I possibly could over the course of my life. Skyrim. <laughs> not Skyrim. <laughs> I don't have it on my smartwatch. Oh <laughs> my you know, um, that game was Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh. Um, so this is a real deep, like this is a real personal choice. Um, I, my brother introduced me to Final Fantasy Tactics, him and his best friend. And I just would watch them play. It didn't really, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then I played it. And, and basically Final Fantasy Tactics is just like the predecessor to XCOM. You know, it's a turn-based mm. strategy, permadeath. If you die in the battle, you're dead, dead. Um, And you can level up in the game to get new abilities and new character classes and stuff. But there's this really fluid, like, class system. And, man, now I'm excited. I want to go play it. Like, I'm literally kidding myself pumped about it. Um, Like, you can have all these different classes and it's super complex. And, oh, I have an archer and I have a mage and I have a a black knight and a a dark knight a white knight a white mage a dark mage and in the game the storyline is kind of like kingdom heartsy in a way but dark versus light yeah and and, no what i mean (laughs) to say is that it's very very like convoluted in in like there's all these characters maybe it's not kingdom heartsy but it's just super convoluted there's like 30 to 50 characters <laughs> and they all have oh. very complex names and they have all very and it's very political and very like it, it has like religious undertones and like it, but where it goes is super crazy in the storyline and um but there's all these easter eggs you can get cloud from final fantasy 7 in it like and cool it's all about like how you level your characters and i mean there's there's fights that honestly literally 
almost made me never be able to play the game again. Not because I wanted to rage quit, but because it was so hard. And it was like I entered the, the fight with the wrong setup and mm. I couldn't correct it because of the path that I had chosen. And there's no way to go back. And like literally I was like, I'm never getting beat, going to beat this game because I can't beat this fight because I don't have the right skills. I don't know. Anyway, this game, I've literally bought it on my uh, on my computer, on my 3DS on my uh my other my psp on my wow. phone on you uh, the like, whale. like literally i buy it on every platform and i read and i interview like i was remember steve at the house i was like hey man i'm looking for games that are like final fantasy remember and i bought uh what was it um i bought some game on the 3d uh i'm sorry on the switch um I'm forgetting it now, but it's like a turn-based strategy just to tide me over from my Final <laughs> Fantasy tactics. Um, I, can't remember the name. I can't remember the name of the game now that Final Fantasy... It wasn't Fire Emblem, was it? No, not Fire Emblem. Uh, Bravely Default. No, not... No, it wasn't It's the game and it's like... Uh, I'd have to like just look it up. But um, yeah, like I buy games to tide me over from Final Fantasy tactics. Because I'm like, I want to play tactics, but I got to find a game that kind of makes me feel that. XCOM is that for me, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, so this game, I I mean, I think most people will probably think it's stupid if they played it. But it's, I don't know. I've, I've played that game so many hours. I've like tried, like even max, I'm trying to max out my characters. They're still not strong enough. <laughs> like, like I've made these care. I did make these uh, class like party builds that are super broken <laughs> like the like Ooh. literally where like it's a turn-based system where like characters go at different times i've made it where basically the other team can never go again <laughs> like, <laughs> like my characters are so fast and they're so slow from like all these things where i just can beat them up and just do whatever i want i used like to level like i'd power level characters by having one character just heal a person over and over my enemy so my other character can just keep <laughs> hurting them and getting experience and i'll spend like three to four hours just power leveling a character like that's Whoa. how crazy i was with final fantasy tactics that, the grind is real yeah, yeah. it's a it's a definitely a grindy game but i love it it's i, I mean, think final fantasy is known for the grind yes and, th- and this game is probably like the most egregious because <laughs> like the, the battles take like 20 minutes and you only way you get experience is by actually doing attacks so you can't like just be in the fight you have to actually fight and like do stuff but it is cool you can use that system to gimp and grow and power level so um hmm. so yeah. surprised they haven't made a tactics game with like a horrible microtransactions yet then or i'm pretty they sure have. they have i'm pretty oh. i'm pretty sure they have <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm like no it's, longer surprised <laughs> it's, it's it's one of those games where it's like they have so many versions of it that you kind of have to be careful and like make sure that you don't get the wrong version because mm. they have all these like you know um but yeah so that that's like my number one and i don't think it's just so i've spent so many hours and it's to me i'm like i'm about to go find a system that i can play it on now because i'm like oh man i, I still even though i had the other game the fact that I can't remember its name, like it didn't clearly didn't feel. It's a great game, but I can't remember the name of the game. But I'll figure it out before the end of this podcast. But um, yeah, that's my number one. I don't know if you guys have ever played Tactics, but clearly that's like my kind of game. Turn-based strategy. I love that. Um, nice. No, I haven't played that one. 
Yeah, so. I've barely heard of it, to be honest. <laughs> well, one day, you know. Like, it's basically XCOM without the fluff. It's just like, it's It did make a, ta- a tactics game on the Switch, and I was going to go based off of, like, an old TV show. Oh, really? Yeah, I forgot ben- what it's called. The it's game like I'm pup- thinking of is Banner Puppets. Saga. Banner Saga. Oh, uh, yeah, I was never going to remember Oh, in Mario plus Ra- Rabbids is kind of that game. Like, basically oh, yeah. Final Fantasy Tactics. Right, 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 right. And it's supposed to be really good, and I need to buy it. Nope, I think that's the game I'm going to get next for my yeah, Switch. Should. I heard it's it's pretty good. good, yeah. I like it. I like tactical games, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't even like tactical right, games, gonna... I enjoyed that one. I'm going to rush through mine a bit, all right, if that's okay with you yeah, guys. Uh, so my number one, <clears throat> and I assume that Brad can guess this because I don't know. I've been I thinking. Had I had like a, uh, you haven't even been thinking. Well, yes. no, I have been. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was great because I was working at IBM, mm-hmm. and I this was like right when the pandemic was about to start, or maybe I was just home a lot, but I was benched a lot, so I didn't have any work, and I was like trying to find work, but you can't just do that all day. So I played a lot of this game called Prey. Okay. Oh. Prey is a, it, there's like another game called Prey that came out a, a while ago, ago, but it's Prey, I guess, 2016. People expected there to be a sequel. There wasn't. This is, I guess you could say the, the sequel, spiritual it's not successor even really a sequel. Be a good it's the spiritual successor that stole its name. <laughs> um, and so in Prey, it's a first person like shooter slash adventure game. And you play as a scientist um basically trying to uh it's like your first day at this new job right uh on on the space station where your brother works and it's like this company that you two own together or something i don't really know uh but you're going up to the space station and uh eventually you get there and things are not going well um (laughs) (laughs) um how do i i don't i don't want to say too much essentially you're trying to fend off some sort of alien invasion, right? Which on the surface, that's what it is. So you're just running around um, trying to uh, survive and trying to collect, not collect, uh, finish these goals and stuff. But what I love about this game, the reason it's my number one, A, it's somewhat scary, but it's not super scary. It's creepy. Uh, it, it definitely pulled me in. Like the way it's just everything about it just pulled me in immediately. The sound design, um, the graphics... <clears throat> my voice is going out well the graphics are pretty decent like it's great the mystery of what's going on there's a lot of like confusion about what's happening and what's real and what's not real at the beginning mm. and so that really got my attention but what i really loved at the end of the game was the sense of morality and i've explained this before and i'll go through it again quick quickly but basically normally when i play a game i have to choose if I'm going to be like playing, like we're actually role playing or not. Like if I'm, if I'm the dragonborn in Skyrim, like am I really the dragonborn or am I Steve playing as the dragonborn mm. and making decisions that are going to benefit the gameplay? Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, in this game, there are actual moral choices hmm. that you make where it really, and I, there's, I can't think of the, all the reasoning now, but like it really feels like, you're making the choices as you, as Steve, right? Yeah. Not as someone playing a game. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get into any of the choices, 
Um, I know there's, there's, all right, I'll, I'll explain, or I'll mention one. There's one where you have a decision. There's a man who you find in a room. And first of all, you don't find a lot of living people in this game. So that's already pretty impressive. Uh, he's a, he's a prisoner and you have the choice whether to free him. And he says, if you free him, he'll unlock a secured in armory for you. And you can get all these cool weapons, which you don't really need, but it'd be nice to have. Or you can finish the experiment they were going to conduct on him. In which case, uh, you don't know what you get, but you know, it's, it's like, okay, well I'll free him. But then you read the, the, uh, I guess the logs for him and you find out that he's like a convicted like child rapist or something. Oh, gosh. And as you're, as you're reading it, he's like, I didn't do that stuff. Like, you know, it wasn't, I, I've screwed up. I'm a bad guy, but I, I didn't do any of that, you know, and I don't deserve this. Um, mm. and so you make the decision whether you're going to free him or not. I ended up freeing him, um, because I, uh, first of all, I got into the armory without his help. <laughs> I didn't need him, <laughs> but, uh, I freed him because I figured, you know, I'm in a situation where there's not a lot of people yeah. and we should, we should, uh, we should get stick together when we can. Um, later I met another human who, and things did not go as well with the other human. So you find more, you find more people as you go, but like, there's a lot of moral decisions. A lot of the side quests are like, how are you going to handle this? And even like the story revolves around morality and decision-making and, I don't want to say anything else. There's some honestly fantastic twists that I did not see coming in this game. Mm. The ending is absurd, like the twist at the end. Um, yeah, it's just great. And I was living with Brad when I played this game. Yeah. And I think I even got our roommate Smiles to play this game. Yes, he did. And <laughs> I was just obsessed. I uh, absolutely could not put it down. I played for hours and hours at a time. Is so that's my number one. Yeah. Is Prey yeah. the one with... Uh, hopefully it's not this isn't a spoiler is that the one with the glue gun it is the one with the glue gun uh, i didn't want to talk about it the glue gun's really cool it can be used for various things uh that's another reason i like it but yes yeah. i honestly i i i wouldn't have called it but now that you say said the game i was like absolutely makes sense yeah <laughs> how yeah. much you know um but yeah i definitely got to play prey uh it's on my list games especially because of you steve <laughs> i probably wouldn't have played it if it was considered playing it um all right kyle number one what you got number one <clears throat> okay uh so this is a game that i've advocated for a good bit and especially now that you've got a ps5 brad you have to play this game or i should say series now that they started but the marvel spider-man Wow. That originally came out on PS4. Um, and I've chosen Miles Morales as my number one. I think they're both really great. However, Miles Morales undoubtedly is more of the same, but improves on the biggest issues with an already great game to where it's like now probably the uh, uh, one of the more, it's probably a perfect superhero game, at least for Spider-Man. Okay. Um, you know, you really feel like Spider Man in that game. I, it goes without saying. You know, if if you've seen any of the gameplay like footage, it, it looks like a movie. You know, hmm. and um, like they they really thought through the combat. You know, uh, it gets a lot of comparisons like the Arkham games, and 
it, it just it fits right at home, I guess, with the MCU, even though it's it's its own thing. But if you haven't played it, highly recommend. Hmm. Okay. I definitely want to play it when I go to PS5. Yeah, I recommend it even on PS4. I've played both of them on PS4. From what I have heard, the only I guess the biggest thing is the load times, which, in my opinion, aren't terrible on PS4. But I mean, if they're not existent, of course, that's better. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely want to play that game. I just remember you talking about it, Kyle. I would see you playing it on your PS4 all the time. I'm like, <laughs> man, like I'd be so mad. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just, I just feel like it's, it's one of those games that just seems so beautiful. It just seems mm-hmm. like I love the Spider-Man games uh, that came out, all the iterations of them. I've enjoyed mm-hmm. the progression, seeing how they've changed. Um, I just love the idea of just being in the city and doing stuff and exploring. And uh, yeah, I definitely got to play. Man, I ain't got enough money for all this stuff, man. Y'all got to stop. <laughs> man, so. got a second mortgage. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You know, or just get a second job. There you <laughs> go. Get a secret second full time job. That's a thing that people do, by the way. Ooh, just mine Bitcoin. <laughs> just mine Bitcoin <laughs> on, on uh, IBM servers. they won't mind they won't mind they won't mind not a fireball offense somehow use watson to do it and do it for me to smartly discreetly watch watch watson watson be the secret like destroyer of bitcoin like it just sees through everything and it can immediately find (laughs) the correct algorithms and stuff like oh this is the one this is the one this is the one super efficient (laughs) cool man well uh man y'all got me hyped i'm over here I, i honestly like I had to stop myself. I started searching Final Fantasy Tactics, doing what I do every time. Where can I play this game? Like all these forums where people. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't mention Advance Wars, Brad. So, so Advance Wars, I I didn't think about it prior to making the list, but um, so I thought about it when Steve started talking about a game he stumbled on, and I was like, oh my goodness, I forgot Advance Wars. You know, mm-hmm. but but uh, I think in many ways I can't I, I Advance Wars is like my number six. Like it's there, uh, but mm-hmm. I have so many tactical games on my top five. <laughs> yeah, but I love Advance Wars. I had the same. Yeah, it might be my number two. <laughs> Sorry, Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, actually, I just realized I have Final Fantasy text on my iPad as well. So I have it on like four, <laughs> four different things. So I'm probably going to go down there and reboot it up start over but anyway um so yeah man i always enjoy hearing y'all's top fives gets me hyped um we'll definitely do more of these i'm looking forward to more conversations about more top fives and more top things but um yeah man exciting good times um thank you everybody for uh just checking out this episode of super agile bros sticking with us uh throughout our adventure uh we look forward to uh many many more conversations thank you kyle Thank you, Steve, for your time. Pleasure. You're welcome. Yes, yes. And uh, I just appreciate these times. So y'all take it easy out there in the internet interwebs world. And uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.